Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I want to wish each and every one of you a happy new year. I cannot believe this is the 141st episode of the Needless Things Podcast. The first episode was published four years ago this week. Crazy. I uh, never intended for this thing to be weekly, but it is now, and I appreciate you guys for listening to it. And if you appreciate me, the best way to show it is to go to needlessthingssite.com. Go to that big old Amazon block on the top right side of the page. Click there and buy your stuff through Amazon. Needless Things will get a little tiny bit of every purchase you make. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a great way to support the show. Another way to do that is to go to supportphantom.com and check out the rewards there, see what you're interested in, and there will be a new exclusive uh, Needless Things patron cast going up this Monday. Uh, I am looking in the face of some extreme snow weather, at least in the context of Georgia, and I'm probably going to be trapped in an unsavory part of the state that I'd rather not be in this weekend, thanks to work. Uh, Because at my job, there are no snow days. If it snows, you're still expected to be there. So I'm working over the weekend, and they're probably going to put us up in some terrifying hotel in the middle of nowhere. And if everything works out... Uh, for the worst, in that way, then I'm going to be sitting in a hotel room a couple of nights and I'm going to record some stuff, especially for my patrons. So go to supportphantom.com and see if there's anything there that sounds interesting to you. And if there's not, send me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com and let me know what would be interesting to you. How about that? I, I want your input on this thing. Okay, so today's episode... It's pretty great. I've got Beth, Mike Gordon, and Rad Ranger, and we all sat down and talked about what we're excited about in 2017. I wanted to kick the year off with something positive, something that we could be excited about, and uh, even though Rad Ranger brings up Power Rangers, we, we move past that and get on to some truly good stuff. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm going to end up seeing that movie, and aside from a, a couple of things that have really made it seem utterly awful i'm still excited about it i mean brian cranston elizabeth banks bill Hader; those are three names that are great so like instinctually i feel like it's not possible for that movie to be the turd that i think it's going to be so but for rad ranger's sake i hope it's like the best movie ever in the creation of all movies uh what else we've got i don't know there's not much going on yet because the year hasn't started i've got some big announcements that i'm going to make on the patron cast for the patrons and obviously i'll be talking about you know those things in the coming months here but those guys get first crack at that kind of stuff so there's some big stuff going on big plans for the year i will go ahead and tell you guys that i will be returning to joe lanta this year 
It is March. Oh, boy. It's the weekend before St. Patrick's Day. I, I don't have the dates in front of me because I wasn't actually going to mention that yet. But uh, I'll be at Joe Lanta. If you Google it, uh, you'll you'll see, you'll, you'll find the site. And uh, I think they even have my panel listed already. It's going to be Sunday. And I don't know what I'm doing yet. I, I don't, I, I have a general idea. Uh, of what I'm going to do because it is a toy convention and toy panels are kind of my thing. So, you know, you, you get the gist. But I don't know specifically what I'm going to be talking about or who I'm going to be talking to. So that'll be exciting to find out. Uh, and speaking of exciting, it is time to get into some music. As always, uh, we are forging into a new year. And the Mystery Men are still providing our interstitial music. I love those guys. I love their music. And if you go to mysterymenofsurf.com, you can experience their music for yourself. Or go to Facebook and look for the Mystery Men. And I think it's facebook.com slash mysterymensurf. And you can like their Facebook page and keep up to date with where they play. And they travel uh, all over the country. Uh, they've played all over the place. And, and you will enjoy their live music even more than you enjoy their recorded music, some of which you're going to hear right now. We're here to talk about Exciting things in 2017. And tonight, I am joined by our good friend, the Rad Ranger. Hello. Who I will alternate between calling Ranger and Sean and his royal radness throughout the evening. Yeah, you came up with another one, too. I don't remember what it is now. Uh, Rad Bearcat something. something. Yeah, I don't know. You come up with a new one pretty much on a weekly basis. And uh, also joining us... Needless Things top columnist and investigative reporter, Beth. Welcome back to the show. Hi. I don't know how investigative I am. Well, I mean, you're, Wiki you're Wikipedia. <laughs> you actually interview people at Dragon Con, so you're more investigative than I am. Yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> and finally, what? the what lovely and talented Mike Gordon. Welcome back to the Needless Things podcast, the first episode of 2017. Howdy, uh, I'm uh, just uh, happy to be here and happy to have survived 2016. What we're here to talk about tonight is things that we're excited about in the coming year. Uh, last year was uh, kind of a, a big shit fire, and we'd like to move past it and look to the future <laughs> and be excited and happy about things. And, uh, you know, pop culture is always a pretty good place to go to escape from the horrors of reality. So we're going to go around. Each of us has a topic or perhaps more that we're going to discuss as a group, uh, how we feel about it. Some of us uh, may be more excited about certain things than others. And then we're going to go to the Needless Things podcast Facebook page where you, the listeners, had an opportunity to tell us what you're excited about. So we're going to run down the comments on that post and uh, discuss amongst the four of us what we think of what you guys came up with. So it better be good, because let me just tell you right now, if you're excited about something stupid, we're going to tell you. We won't. We'll be nice. We're, we're going we're gonna to give our opinions on what you guys said. No, well, that's exactly what we're going to do. I love it, because they don't get to talk back. Yeah. And, exactly. and they won't. We won't hear from them via email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com and the Facebook uh, page. 
we'll never hear anything, so we can say whatever we want. Isn't that right, Rad Ranger? Absolutely. You seem primed to talk tonight. Tell us, Rad Ranger, and, and I'm sure I would never be able to guess, what are you <laughs> excited about in 2017? Uh, in 2017, I think, uh, so... Looking forward to is probably the better way to put it because I'm not 100% sure I'm excited yet. <laughs> well, and you know what? We'll, we'll make that uh, clarification uh, amongst the four of us. It doesn't necessarily have to be something you're excited about, something you're curious about, something uh, you're anticipating, something that you may have seen that you're like, wow, I wonder how that's going to turn out. Uh, so, so yeah, excitement is not a necessary component, but you get the idea. Yeah, so something that I am – I'm definitely very interested to see and I, I am looking forward to with sort of a cautious optimism is uh this will be a surprise to nobody is the new mighty Morphin power rangers movie that's oh coming. here we go no. <laughs> <laughs> shocker no, it's coming um yeah and i have to say like the few times uh <laughs> the few times i've been to theater a lot between doctor strange and star wars and uh harry potter films um I've, uh, I feel like I've seen the trailer in the theaters now quite a bit. And the trailer, particularly when it's on the big screen, does get me a little excited. Um, I, I, I watch it and, you know, I, I saw it on YouTube and I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know. But then when you're in the theater and it's kind of on the gigantic screen and, and you can kind of feel the music with a really good sound system, it, it does get me a little, it does get me a little fired up. And I will be completely honest. I was in line for the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I was also the only adult in line. That was a little awkward. Well, the only adult that was not a parent. Right, yeah. There were other adults, but they had their kids. I was there wearing a white uh, T-shirt that um, had the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan club iron-on on it because I was a card-carrying member of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan club. Fucking shit. Well, of course you were. <laughs> of course I was. Because wasn't every 18-year-old? Was it sparkly? Was it like a good 80s-style iron-on, like with the rubbery finish and all sparkly? Or was it just some plain 90s? Um, no, it was It was not super sparkly. Uh, and it also did not survive more than like five washes. <laughs> well, that's, I mean. <laughs> it, was not, it was not super high quality. It was about like, for those of us old enough to remember uh, what you could get with your Kool-Aid points. It was about on par with that. Let me uh, let me say this, just as somebody who was not in line uh, for the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, though I did own the soundtrack because it had a They Might Be Giants song on it that you could not get anywhere else at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I see this trailer, just the trailer, with, with none of the other components that I'm sure we're going to discuss, and I think it looks very interesting. Uh, I like that these kids seem to have a little more character than the original Power Rangers, who were just kind of these like white meat baby face kids. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah. And and I, I dig. You know, we we really only get a glimpse of any of the technology, if if even that. But as somebody who is not a fan of the Power Rangers, even I at the end where it plays just the, the sort of the tones of the theme song. Even I was like, "Oh, that was cool!" Right, and it, it so. And when I first saw the costumes, I actually got a little. I, I was I was actually amped. I was like, "Oh, that kind of looks like Giver, which is another well known Japanese property." Yeah, that's kind of 
not unlike the Sentai series that they do over there, you know, the the humans that pilot giant robots and kaiju battles and stuff. Um, Guyver definitely falls in line with that. So it's very, very similar. Um, I think I remember even uh, somebody commented that it looked very Iron Man. I think it was maybe on the Needless Things group. And it was like, well, no, that's because Iron Man borrowed from Guyver. Um, like this is actually a long-standing Japanese tradition. So I was like, okay, cool. I can get with that. That looks good. I will say that the toys based on those costumes right now look like turds. They're awful. Um, I've seen some of them in person. Well, and it's but it's because they're bad toys. It's not necessarily the designs. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it, it's interesting because the movie, the way that it, the movie and the trailers seem to be marketed – that looks like they're they're not going necessarily for a nostalgic audience. Like they're not although as we discussed a million times before, I'm way older than the target demographic. So they may be targeting the right <laughs> and it's just that it's not forty year old dudes. Um but the the trailer and everything seems like they're targeting an older audience. The toys seem like they're targeting a much younger audience. Like, like the toys seem like, I think if you give that toy to an average, you know, uh, six, seven, eight year old, they'd be like, this is awesome. And, you know, it's definitely not for like a toy collector, like you and me, who's going to buy the Bandai legend series with all the crazy articulation. Don't want me in with that. I, I would assume that the, <laughs> the toys are for parents who are buying them for their own children as nostalgia. Well, that, they, they essentially look like, Bandai just crapped out some toys to make money off the movie. Yeah, and when you compare it to like the stuff coming out from uh, SH Figure Arts, which I think is a Bandai company, aren't they? No, oh. isn't Figure Arts? I think they might be a Bandai company, but or a subsidiary of. But, oh, you uh, know what? They are. They are because yeah. the all the Godzilla stuff that I that I used to want really badly. Until yes, I, until I saw one literally crumble into a pile of parts. Oh shit. And you're like, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you look at well, the stuff that they, that like the SH Figure Arts lines are amazing. Uh, ridiculously expensive, so I don't own any of them. But even their Legend series that you can get, that's on the shelves right now, um, that, uh, that you and, uh, Phantom Jr. got me for my birthday. They're, they're uh, awesome toys. They're, you know, they're tons of articulation, really feel sturdy, really good build. But those, um, are aimed at the the collector and, and exactly. the, the fan of of olden times, which hey. it's sad to talk of the nineties as olden times. <laughs> it, it is a little weird. Um, yeah, because we so I noted at the Dragon Con panel that I think it was just that weekend. Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers turned like twenty six or something, right? Like twenty three or twenty six. So, bottom line, this thing for us: How do you feel as of right now? Uh, we we haven't really talked about specifics like Goldar and what a giant lump of shit that toy looks uh, like. Yeah, well, I've heard different things. The only the only design that I've seen so far that I just really, really dislike, because I've heard some rumblings that Goldar might actually be like what we've seen of the toy is actually just a, a, a kaiju that gets piloted. So it's not even a thing. Um, it's not what the character was. Oh, you, the- you haven't read what the plot supposedly is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should spoil it or not. Should I go back and just rework this whole intro? Maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should know what you're else? talking about is all I'm saying. No, I'm trying to go in fresh. Yeah, you don't want to know. Any, yeah, I won't tell you. I won't right. tell you. I'm don't go don't look at any plot spoilers. Um, okay. That's, yeah. Just know that that Goldar uh, seems to be a fair approximation of what we're going to see in the movie. Right. That'll be a shit show. So uh, how, how are Alpha, you now? Uh, Alpha 5 is the only thing that I've seen that I really just – 
I'm looking at it and I go, I don't know what what the fuck these. Oh, I are. love it. It's, it's so, so bizarre, weird. and it may turn out great. It may turn out great, but it was a little off putting from the robot thing that they had before. Yeah, yeah, it's very creepy, but I, I like it. Yeah, and, it, and I don't say I like it, and that's what they should have done with that robot, right? Because right. I am not a fan. Just as a fan of weird alien things, I think it's awesome. Right. It's kind of like I was expecting Robbie the Robot, and instead I got Cthulhu, so it's throwing me off a little bit. Um, what about uh, it, we, we found out Brian Cranston is voicing the giant floating head? Zordon. And uh, how's that going? I think that should be fine. I, I, I like Brian Cranston. I think he'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how they portray him. Like, if, is he just a disembodied voice? Is he the 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 picture of the head that's sort of floating. So in you haven't seen that news bit either, huh? I haven't seen any of that. Good for you. Good for you, man. Stay pure. I, I have theories about um, Rita and why she's wearing green and what that means for the Green Rangers, whether he'll show up. But yeah, I've tried to say unspoiled because I Good. really want to enjoy this movie. Yes. Um, and because I love the Power Rangers franchise so much. And it is Saban who's – but, I mean, the 1995 movie was actually – a steaming pile. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. Um, and yet I still loved it and I, and I still enjoyed it and I bought the toys and I didn't care. So I'm trying to go in as open-minded with this one. I'm trying to not Batman be Superman, the Power Rangers movie. Um, I'm trying to stay optimistic. I could go I in. I can't and, imagine and, you ever being such a merciless dickwad about anything. <laughs> Other than Batman versus Superman, so we'll we'll uh, we'll just say that uh, Sean is maintaining his hope. Yes, He's optimistically hopeful. Uh, Beth and Mike, I, I don't know that you guys really even have opinions on this one, but knowing what you know of the Power Rangers, how do you feel about the trailer if you've seen it? I haven't even seen it, and I've seen recent movies in the theater, so. I, I don't know if I was at the wrong theater or what, but I, I sounds seen... to me like you were at the right theater. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> for me, I was at the right theater. What about you, I, Mark? I have seen it every time I've been to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't escape it, um, and I know very little about the Power Rangers whatsoever. Uh, never watched an episode. Never uh, really what? Uh, partaken of of them. So I, um, you know, watching the trailer. Um, I did not get clued into what it was the first time I saw the trailer. I was not clued into what it was until right at the very end. You know, there's that tease where it's just like, we're going to show you that. No, we're not, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so obviously it's a teaser trailer. I'm sure there's going to be a much fuller trailer released showing um, more footage and, and, and whatnot. Oh, for uh, sure. I, They'll I can't... spoil it entirely before it comes oh, yeah. out. There will be a yeah. trailer that shows every high point from the entire fucking movie. Sure, yeah. sure. So, um, but, you know, going in, I'm not, um, so I don't know. I, you know, I have nothing, but there wasn't enough. I will say there wasn't a lot in the trailer to make me go, oh, I think I'll check that out. Right. So, Mike, have you seen Voltron? No. You've never seen any Voltron episodes? Nope. Godzilla. I've seen Godzilla. Ultraman? All right, all right. Um, that, that's, we're getting off track here. Well, I'm just <laughs> he may have seen Power We don't know. We don't. No, no, no. Stop. He's trying he's trying to he's trying to convert enough <laughs> enough Power Rangers. I'm an evangelist for we, the Rangers. That's 17 minutes on Power Rangers, which is about 15 <laughs> too many. Uh, so, I think if we take a group consensus, 
As of right now, we are looking at Power Rangers with a thumb sideways. Yeah, I'm, I'm going meh. I, you know, I think it has promise, but there are a lot of elements I've seen that that make me not interested. If I did not have a nine year old son, uh, that <laughs> wants to or a see weird it, forty one year old friend <laughs> only. Well, yeah, I don't know that I want to sit next to you. It's probably, I'm going to take For my that. nieces who are 12 and 13. That might be a good rule of thumb anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on now to Beth, who has something uh, probably a little more appropriate, age-appropriate <laughs> for those of us on the podcast. I, I don't know how age-appropriate or appropriate it is, but I have picked... The Winds of Winter, the latest book in A Song of Fire and Ice series, which most of you know better as the Game of Thrones TV show. I still which can't is, even think of it of as a song of whatever, Fire and Ice. Ice and Fire, sorry. Icy Hot. Now I, now I picture Shaquille O'Neal in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> a song of Ice and Fire makes my back feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, yes. Uh, what, anyway. So what? What? Uh, <laughs> and he dies. Where are we in this? This is actually coming out for sure this year. Um. Well, that's the big question mark. <laughs> oh come on! I know, but I'm cautiously optimistic that it's finally going to come out this year because Martin said on his blog that his Christmas was stress free, and if he hadn't finished the fucking book, right, he should right. be stressed out. <laughs> Unless he stopped giving a shit. I think he stopped giving a shit a little while ago. <laughs> That's already happened. You think there was but, pressure to get that out before the next season? Well, there was pressure to get it out before this past season. Right, but now they're really in. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're putting the, the screws to his thumbs now. Well, but I mean, at this point, they're not even using him for the show. So, I mean, does that even matter? Well, no. They've had. I mean, he's had to cut everything else out so he could sit home and write some fucking books. Right, but for the purposes of the show and its popularity, like he, he's essentially a non-factor now. Is it just the publisher still wanting the hype from the show to help sell the book? I, I would think so because, you know, eventually this hype will go away and the slower he writes, you know, if they only go eight seasons with this show, that means we've got two seasons left. Right. And if it takes him six years to write a book, by the time the last book comes out, everybody will be like, Game of Hulk. Well, and not only that, but people will potentially be like, you know, I'm pretty happy with how the show ended. I'm not sure I care how that word guy does it (laughs) (laughs) on his papers. Well, okay, so I am happy with the show and how the show is going and how they're working the show without having a book to go off of anymore. And with the books, you do get a lot more depth. And I mean, you get a lot of shit too, that you don't care about, like some bullshit that happens in Dorne that nobody cares about and way too much shit with Greyjoys that you don't care about. But you also get a lot of depth that you don't get. Like, uh, there's a new chapter. He's been releasing teaser chapters for about a year and a half or two years now. And there's a chapter of Sir Barristan who is still alive in the books, but dead in the show. Sorry if that spoils anything for anybody, but he died like two seasons ago. Yeah, anybody listening to this should be caught up on on pretty much everything. I would hope so. And nobody's reading these books. Who reads? Nobody reads. (laughs) 
Um, well, they used to. I, I think I, they I, used to read because they used to want to know what was going to happen on the show prior to the you know, airing, so that they could act all pretentious. That's yeah. That's a good point because there was there is so much. And Beth, you you have never seemed to be a perpetrator of this, but there is so much snobbery around the I've read the Game of Thrones books club. Well, I give you shit for not reading them, but I'm I'm not a snob about it. Like I get why people don't want right. to read well, fifteen hundred page book. And you're not serious. And also, you understand that I that I have at points been a very avid reader, and you just can't read every book there is. Well, yeah, and and you don't necessarily want to, and they're not going to make a show out of every book there is. And that and that was always my response to the snobbery was: Do you know how many books there are in the world? <laughs> I can't read all of them. I can't read a hundredth of them, a thousandth of them. Well, and the main reason I picked this is because the other things that I'm really excited about were mentioned in the Facebook feed. Yeah, that so I kinda... thought we would have plenty of other opportunity to discuss the things that I'm interested in, besides trying to encourage people to read these books. Yeah, and I will once the show's done. I will absolutely read them because uh, I, I I wanted to. Uh, and I've explained this before, but after the first season, I very much wanted to read the books. However, I don't do that anymore because after the first Harry Potter movie, or I think I watched the first two movies and loved them. So then I read all of the books before I saw any of the other movies and it totally ruined the movie. Well, it didn't ruin the movies, but like in comparison, the movies are very lacking and I wish I had just watched them first so I could have enjoyed them for what they are. So now, when there's a media adaptation, uh, if it's feasible, I watch that in its entirety before I even go touch the books if I have not already read the books. It actually worked backwards for me. I watched the first episode of the first season and said, meh, this is some dark crap, some more medieval bullshit, Sean Bean's going to die anyway, why am I watching this? And then Sharon convinced me to read the first book, and after I read it, I was like, oh yeah, I totally want to watch this now. And after that, I got into the show and was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Well, however anyone got into Game of Thrones, uh, there is, you know, obviously still a lot of anticipation about this book. And I'm sure any anybody that has already read the books, regardless of what the show does, they're going to want to find out how George R. R. Martin finishes out his his epic story. Uh, I'm excited for the show to come back, but we'll we'll get to that uh, in a bit, presumably. As for the book, uh, you know, it can take as long as it wants because it's going to be at least, what, two or three more years before I even start the first book. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be a minute. Although is I guess this supposed to be the last now. book? Uh, no, there is one more book after this. Oh, boy. There was, originally going to be, there was originally going to be six books, but the fourth book ended up being so long he broke it into book four and five, which is why books four and five take place at the same time, just in different parts of the world. And that's why book five wasn't very satisfying because it was way too much of Bran and Jon Snow and Stannis and people we didn't care about as much. Now, see, I like uh, Jon Snow and I like Stannis, but Bran I, I could do without entirely. The Bran chapters are awful in every book. Uh, that, that, Just warning I, you now. <laughs> I absolutely believe that. So, uh, Mike and Sean, you guys, any experience with the Game of Thrones I, I almost said novelizations because I'm that kind of idiot tonight. The Game of Thrones books. Uh, I am not familiar with Game of Thrones 
at all. You haven't heard of it? Yeah, um, never even seen the show at all? No, I've never seen the show. But you've heard of it, though. I've heard of it. I know oh, what okay, it is. Okay. I know it's a thing. Um, I know there's lots of boobies on it. Um, Not as many as dragons. people say. It's boobies, dragons, and wangs. That's what I've heard. Is, uh, is on it, but no, I've never actually seen an episode. It's not as much Wang. It's a lot more Dinklage than Wang. <laughs> it's fits and dragons and Dinklage. There's a but lot of one Wang, and then a very noticeable absence of that particular Wang <laughs> from a, from a certain point forward. <laughs> yeah, I, so I've never actually seen an episode. It's something I'll probably jump into later because I love uh, fantasy and that kind of thing, uh, sword and sorcery, and medieval and. That stuff, but yeah, I just totally. Um, I was still married when it hit, and my wife at the time wasn't interested. Long story, so. But yeah, I'll come around to it one of these days. But as of right now, I have no clue about any anything of the throne games, other than the the boner throne that's sitting in my garage from the game show. <laughs> oh God, you still have that? Yes, oh, we're not getting rid of it. <laughs> I need to move it somewhere though, because I'm trying to sell my house, and I can't very well. Well, have Oz you? built it. I assumed Oz was taking it. And he doesn't have anywhere to keep it. Ah. So I volunteered to keep it before I thought, oh, shit, I'm selling my house. And now I have a throne of dicks in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> Potential house buyers. People like, will think fine. that comes with the house. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the living room, I think, and be like, here, sit in this chair. It's a selling point. What about <laughs> you, Mike? Have, have you read any of the books yet? Or I have not read the books. I've, I love, love, love the show. It's the reason that I got HBO and keep each HBO, even though I enjoy lots of other HBO yeah. programming. It's Same the here. reason that I got it. And, uh, and, I, and I'll be honest, I have no intention of ever reading the books. Um, I, just, I, I just don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm sorry, but... I've just, if, you know, if you want I, any extra info, it's out there. It's not like you can't look it up in five seconds. Yeah. And I, you know, I just realized that there's some things that I can enjoy as is without going like all, you know, right, right. balls deep and stuff. You know, I don't have to like just I can just enjoy some things, you know, and not really go crazy like the Harry Potter movies. I've never read any of them. Enjoy the movies. But that's it. Oh, the books are so good. Uh, so uh, Winds of Winter. I think we have, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I want it to come out because I assume within the next decade I'll, I'll get around to reading it. Uh, overall, I think we have a, a, uh, another thumb sideways on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing so good so far. No, we're not. We're not. Uh, but, but the thing is, it's, this is all v- sort of specific interests, which is why I wanted to do our personal ones first. Uh, and, and sort of kick it off that way. Uh, Mike, what about you? What, what are you, anticipating in 2017 well uh much like the red ranger as uh i appear on uh needless things podcast so often talking about dc stuff i thought well i just have to um i don't think it's going to be any surprise that the stuff that i'm looking forward to this year is all related to dc get and right out of town uh, i know for a second crazy. There, i thought he was going to say much like the rad ranger i am also looking forward to the power rangers movie i would have loved if he <laughs> if he just made a sudden like heel turn and <laughs> <laughs> said marvel no just kidding and and, um, and just talked shit down to you about what a huge power rangers fan he had been for his whole entire life and how you don't know anything about Ra- the Power Rangers, and he can't believe you have the balls to call yourself Rad Ranger. 
I would love to hear a Ric Flair heel promo from Mike Gordon. Uh, that now, would be amazing. Now, now, whatever I say from here on out will never be as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true because you're going to talk about DC Comics, and every time you have ever talked about DC Comics, I have been enthralled. So, well, what do you got? I appreciate that. And there's a lot here. So, um, uh, forgive me, but um, I, I'm going to start with the comics and just go real briefly and just say – uh, I've been enjoying Rebirth. I think Rebirth was a smart move on their part, and uh, overall I've enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot of titles that I was dropped, I had dropped after the new 52, and I have picked back up again. Uh, and uh, let, let me let me ask you this real quick. Rebirth, I totally agree with you. Rebirth has has been uh, was smart, but do you think? Obviously, they do have a plan because there is sort of a big narrative behind everything that's going on. But do you think DC actually planned for it to be this successful or did they just kind of accidentally stumble into something that people happen to love? You know what I mean? I think um, I think the intention was to continue on with the New 52, but it wasn't working. So they had to come up with something to turn it around. And I don't think that that was extremely well thought out to the extent that they said, okay, here's the plan for the next year. We're going to bring the Watchmen into it and do all this. But I think what, what they did do that was the smartest thing was Jeff said, Jeff John said, look, I had a lot of success with Green Lantern Rebirth. I had a lot of success with Flash Rebirth. Let's just rebirth the whole freaking line. Mm. And, and and someone said yes, let's do that. Uh, Jeff sat down with all the creators on all the books and went over you know the 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 important stuff, the things that were wrong with the books and how to make them better. And for the most part, I think they've been successful. Now there haven't all been home runs, uh, but I think overall the DC line is much better than it was this point last year. I also am looking forward to the summer event, which is going to be by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, it's going to be Batman-focused, of course, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to that because I think that they've been excellent on the Bat book. So, uh, you know, if it's a Batman big story, I'm, I'm game with that. Sure, sure. Also, uh, the fact that it was recently announced or hinted at that Jeff Johns was going to be writing something Watchmen related later on, that tells me that we're getting close to figuring out what the heck's going on with this universe and then going from there. So um, there is a plan, um, and I'm curious to see what that plan's going to be. So um, the comics, I think they're in a much better place. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the future for those. Uh, television. Um, I'm just going to say that I love all four of the CW shows. Really? Uh, yep, I do. And I think they're all fun in their own different ways. Uh, I think three of them have gotten better this season than they were last season. Uh, the Flash has is, if you'll pardon the pun, is is misstepped a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's not a disaster. It's still pretty awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to what they will do, uh, you know, coming up. Because... I think um, within the next month or so, we're going to go to Gorilla City. So how can you not dig that, right? I, how um, are they even going to do that? The, <laughs> I mean, the budget alone. No, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, you so know what I'm afraid of? And I don't, I don't think they'll do this because they have not ever let us down in this way. I'm afraid we're going to get a Smallville version of Gorilla City where it's like it's Grodd 
and then a bunch of humans that he's captured and enslaved, and there aren't it as it isn't actually a city of gorillas. I I don't, I don't know. I will see. We'll I don't s- think they'll do that. But no, I don't think that's so. like the Smallville answer. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, so uh, you know I think, um, but like I said, I think all all the other shows are better than they were last year. Yes. Uh, obviously, Legends has a much longer way to go, but I still think it's fun to watch. So, but Legends uh, also had a, a much easier <laughs> uh, task exactly. in improving itself. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the the and bar we, was and, low. Even though it's not part of that whole lineup, uh, you and I have talked about how much we love Gotham, and that's just a wacky, fun show where you never know what's going to happen. So that's awesome. Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney, um, bitch. <laughs> um, I'm glad that the show is now caught up with her. Like, she stood out that first season because she was playing it at 11. Everybody else was playing it like at about six or seven. Yes. They weren't really sure what to do. Yes. Now everybody's playing it at fifteen. She looks like she's playing it like it's still at nine or eleven. So it's it's crazy. Um, but it's I love it for its craziness. Um, it's it's got, one of the best Elseworlds projects DC has ever done. Yes, yes. Uh, we've got two animated uh, shows uh, starting up this year. Uh, we've already seen the premiere of Justice League Action, which was a lot of fun. Um, very much kids-focused, but still I can't believe like in the pilot they had John Constantine. Like, I just, it blew my mind that John Constantine was in this cartoon that is targeted for younger children. I uh, have to watch it again because I couldn't get into it because the tone eluded me so much and and that's been the case with with some of my favorite shows like like uh, uh brave and the bold did that too brave and the bold did that the batman uh initially oh, did right. that yes beware the batman like a, a lot of dc well even young justice dc shows kind of always take me a minute to digest yeah uh, and then I end up loving them. And then this one is the same way. I watched that first hour long episode and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. It's, <laughs> it's a little silly, but there's John Constantine, <laughs> John Constantine. and it's awesome, but it's, I don't get it. So I got to watch it again. I also thought it was perfect the way they handled Shazam. I thought, you know, I agree. Um, it's amazing to me how like on TV they can get him right. But in the comics, they just mess him up. Um, uh, I was, so I was really kind of hoping like when I heard Kevin Conroy's voice and some of the other familiar or familiar sounding voices, I don't know if yeah. they're all the same actors. I was kind of hoping that uh, what's his face from sliders was going to reprise the role. Jerry of O'Connell. Shaz- yeah. Jerry O'Connell yeah. was going to reprise the role of Shazam. And I was a little bummed when he wasn't, but yeah, that was weird. That being said, we got Shazam and Black Adam. I don't has Black Adam ever been in an animated series before? I want to say yes, but I can't recall it offhand. I don't so. think he was on Justice League ever, was he? I don't think so. And he's one of my favorite favorite DC characters. I love Black Adam. He's such a, a random like as the Rock said, he's one of the best superheroes. <laughs> and he should know. Yes. That's what the Rock said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Reiner voiced the wizard. That was awesome. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. That's nice. great. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, then speaking of animation, well, we've got Young Justice returning uh, on Netflix, which I haven't heard the details about. I'm hoping that all the original voices are going to reprise their roles because yes. 
uh, for my money, uh, you know, second only to Kevin Conroy uh, is voicing Batman is um, now I just blanked on his name. Uh, the the uh, the the actor from uh, Star Trek and all a bunch of other stuff that did the voice of Batman in Young Justice. I think he's like the second. Is he, best. Is he the same one as the DC animated movies that are all tied together? Snow. No, oh, okay. See, uh, he's my second favorite. Yeah, uh, I, I love him. That's actually the guy that's in Shield. That's the director of Shield. He's the, he's the voice of Batman in the new. Oh, that's right. That's Kennedy. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason Amara. I think yes. Yeah, yeah, I really like him as Batman. But you're right. The one on uh, the one on Young Justice was good as well. Oh, they're, it's, they're, I'm blanking on what his name is. They're, he, he's they're, on Nowhere Man. He was. Uh, I can see him, but I can't remember his name. But anyway, only sorry. we had some way to find but, out. Only we had the like a giant supercomputer at our fingertips. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm. Excited, very excited about Young Justice, but then there's, I'm sure you're going to bring up the new feature as well. Uh, well, we've got two animated features that have been announced. Uh, we've got uh, the Justice League Dark movie that's coming out. Should be out, I think, pretty soon, like within a month, right? And, uh, and Matt Ryan is Constantine, right? Matt Ryan reprised his voice. As, he owned that, owns that character now. Well, he wasn't the voice of it in the animated, in right, Justice, right. League, uh, uh, Justice League action. But uh, anything else where we ever ever seen Constantine, like it's Matt Ryan now. So, which I have no problem with because I think he's great. Yeah. So, um, and that's a, a darker look at the Justice League. So that should be fun. Um, I always like it when they they look at the magic side of it. And I'm very excited as a Titans fan that Teen Titans Judas Contract is coming to animated movie. That should be awesome. Uh, the Titans are a group that have been neglected for a long time, and I think there's a lot of potential there. So hopefully the movie will do well, and maybe we'll see them, you know, either in a TV show. Well, Young Justice is kind of that show. and Or I would love to see, I know TNT toyed around with doing a live-action version of the Titans, but it just never happened. So I would like to I would like to see that uh, pop up back up again. Well, um, and it's also nice that they're adapting some older material. Yes, because that um, stuff is great. I mean, I, I mean, well, and a, and a pretty serious. I mean, we've had some really enjoyable Teen Titans animated stuff with the cartoons, but the Judas Contract is a really serious story. And I yeah. mean, it's a it's a way more serious take than I think we've seen on the Titans anywhere else, other than perhaps Young Justice. Yeah, it's uh, pretty gut wrenching. Like it's yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, so um, it's one of the best stories uh, of the Titans period. So it's cool to see that that's that that's going to happen. And of course, last but certainly not least, and some uh, I know some people on the Facebook page uh, have already mentioned these two items. But uh, I, you know, as a DC fan, I think the movies are going to turn the corner this year. Um, Wonder Woman in June. Uh, looks good. Everything that we've seen looks good. There's been some word of mouth that it actually really blows, but we'll see. I mean, it looks good. Um, and uh, Justice League in November. Now, uh, I'm. We haven't seen much from that. We've seen a couple clips, and it looks like the tone is much lighter, which is uh, really good. They do have. I mean, look, I mean, the bar has been set by Marvel and Disney. So obviously that's a big hill to climb. And this universe started off like if they were if this was a bank account, you'd be starting off billions of dollars in debt. Um, So I'm kind of hoping that uh, the Wonder Woman movie kind of brings us to balance and the Justice League kind of goes from there. Um, We've got um, a, a new opportunity to 
to reboot and give us a a good Superman in the movies, um, played by the same guy. Um, I have no problem at all with any of the casting decisions that they've made. Um, I think that uh, the cast looks great. Um, it's just a question, like there was uh, in 2016, how good is the writing and the directing going to be? Yeah, and, and that's the directing more more not just in the sense of the actual director of the film but the direction of the the franchise really like where do the powers that be decide these things are going yes i think now that jeff has be- taken a more um creative role a more like a, a more hands-on approach to the movies i can't help but think that things are going to be lighter and and better um, they won't be as heavy as certainly the last two Superman movies were. Um, but it remains to be seen, you know, I mean, they, uh, despite the fact that, um, you know, Batman V Superman was blasted by so many people, including one in particular on this show, um, who, I, who's <laughs> to do that? I, I, it's not I, like it, it wants the podcast or anything. It made a <laughs> shit lot of money. So in in the producer's mind, there's no reason to fix what's not broke, right? They're still raking in the dough. Yeah, it bothers me a lot that they don't realize that it's not that it made a lot of money. It's that it should have made so much more. I I think that they should have definitely taken a look at when, you know, Supergirl aired and had their own Superman. And everybody was like, this is what we've been waiting for. That should have sent a clear message like, hey... You guys are doing stuff wrong. And the fact that they, you know, killed him in the last movie and he will be reborn in this one, uh, in the next one, it gives me, you know, dare I say, hope that uh, they, that he'll be rebooted as, as a character. I just hope they have red and blue Superman in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's oh, the direction they're going. All right. I so, about actually bringing some light color to the costume, but then I realized what you actually meant. <laughs> Uh, blue superman and now i've lost all hope for 2017 genius genius that he is mike gordon managed to take my one subject edict and turn it into 52 so we don't have time to get too in depth with everybody else i'm just saying yeah he really Uh, like he took hey i spent as much time on all that as he did well you're right you're right that is a fair fair oh you you talked way more than 17 minutes at least um, eight and a half but his his subjects were so much more interesting uh so dc going around uh we, let pick one DC thing that maybe you guys have a viewpoint on. Uh, I will go with Rebirth. I'm su- I'm just loving what I'm reading of Rebirth. Uh, I think Christopher Priest's Deathstroke is incredible. Yes. Uh, Tom King's Batman and James Tynion's Detective. I mean, really, every all the all of the Rebirth books that I'm reading, I love, which is why I'm still reading them and didn't drop them like I have with so many other dc books over the past few years uh so that that's really the thing i'm most excited about is seeing what else they can do with rebirth and uh hoping they don't blow it uh beth are there any of the movies or anything that you're particularly excited about i don't do you even watch any of the the dc shows you know i don't watch the shows but i actually really like some of the uh animated movies uh i don't care for shows i haven't cared for a lot of the movies but if i see like if i'm at Redbox or something and i see there's a new dc animated movie out i'll at least check it out son of batman not so much 
but uh, oh, see, I, was late. Oh, no. We're going to have to record another episode, Beth. It wasn't as dark as they said it was going to be, but I liked it. Oh, gosh. All right. We'll say we'll we'll put a pin in that. For Mark now. Hamill was the Joker again. Come on. Uh, oh, that that even was a problem for me. <laughs> Sean, what about you? One one DC item that you're jazzed about. Uh, I'm still really stoked on the TV shows. Um, they it, it seems like there's a, a round robin of every season. There's one show that just kind of is missing a few beats, but then the other ones kind of make up for it. So like last season, that was Arrow. I feel like Arrow's on an upswing. Flash is a little clumsy. I really enjoy legends because it's just so goofy that i don't ever expect it to be anything else and so i i i, I enjoy it so that i'd say probably the the stuff that the that um dc is putting out on television is probably the stuff i'm looking the most forward to that's an interesting point too that could that might be a whole other episode is how does gotham get away with it and legends does not <laughs> it, it's goofiness it, gotham's Goofy as a motherfucker, but yeah, well, and, I, I accept I actually, it. I dropped Gotham, uh, and I haven't gotten back into it yet. So, like, we are actually like a different. I think we have different planes of goofiness going on here. I, I think we do. All right, so let's now that we've all four. Uh, oh no, wait! I haven't talked. Well, no, I've talked plenty. I've talked more than enough. Um, I'll, I'll try and make mine quick because it, it's uh, one specific thing. Uh, although the potential effect that thing can have uh mad balls are returning to store shelves any day now there's been a huge resurgence if you don't know mad balls were a toy in the 80s they came out in 1985 and they were part of the big gross out toy craze of the 80s my pet monster boglins all that kind of stuff uh and they're just balls that are incredible sculptures of gross things like skulls and eyeballs and Guys with their brains exposed and that sort of thing. Uh, and three companies now have the license to produce Mad Balls products. Uh, Mondo, who are kind of a snooty, uppity, arty, pop culture, collector, high-end thing, uh, produced three vinyl collector-style Mad Balls uh, the original ones were foam and, and over time have deteriorated and don't hold sculpt as well as vinyl. Uh, and these are fantastic. And those came out right at the end of 2016. And then at the very end of the year, Kid Robot announced that they too had the license to produce collectible Mad Balls. And they are also producing vinyl collectible Mad Balls, which seems a little weird. Uh, but finally, the one that I'm the most excited about is a company called Just Play is actually relaunching Mad Balls into the mainstream marketplace with a new line of toys for kids. Like, these are not collector's items, although I'm sure plenty of us will be buying them. Uh, these are updated designs along the lines of, of what you see with, with any actual, like, reboot or update of a toy line, where they're a little more animated, they're a little more dynamic uh, than any of the originals. Uh, but it's a full line. They're going to have the foam balls. They're going to have play sets. They're going to have stickers and T-shirts and animated series and, like, everything. This is a huge push with these items. And, and Just Play 
is really hitting the marketplace any day now. Toys R Us, Walmart, Target, everybody's supposed to be carrying these things. So this this is what I'm excited about because to me, hitting the mainstream market is much more exciting. Even though these aren't as true to the originals, the ones I grew up with, it's much more exciting to me that they're trying to introduce it to a new audience than that they're trying to just sell some high dollar stuff to us, you know, old farts that can't get over our childhoods. Yeah, it's it's more fun to see for some of these things, it is a lot more fun to see them hit the mass market. Like I enjoy buying the Transformers that you can get at Target and Toys R Us. Yeah, it's than it's I just, do even the, the collector's edition ones. Yeah, it's nice to know that the stuff is perpetuating and that a new generation is gonna enjoy these franchises. But what's interesting to me about the Mad Balls, like I can't wait to see how they're received. Uh I'm not looking forward to for the third time in my life having to drive store to store looking for Mad Balls because both of the other mass market releases were very difficult to find. Uh these it seems like they're they're gonna have a bigger presence, but I, I'm still gonna spend some time looking for them. They're supposed to be hitting any day now. Uh, but I want to see how they're received, and I want to see what kind of effect they have on the other franchises. I if Because if these things blow up, it is the nature of any industry to say, ooh, look at that hot thing. What can we do that's like that? And uh, you've got Boglins uh, that I mentioned before. You've got all of these 80s toys that are kind of lined up with that sort of gross uh, aesthetic that's not as present right now that could be brought back. Uh, I know Timothy Clark, who was on the Needless Things podcast and who was the creator of the Boglins and the Sectars, if you remember those. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's primed and ready to relaunch the Boglins. He's done some collector stuff. He's done some high-end uh, vinyl collectibles, things like that. But, you know, if a toy company calls him up, we're going to see new Boglins, uh, whatever form they may take, if they're, if they're a little different aesthetically, uh, like these Mad Balls will be. But... You know, if these things are a huge success, it will create a wave uh, throughout the industry of these kinds of toys. And I would be very excited to see that again. I would love to see, you know, the back end of 2017, a lot of these, like, gross, weird toys kind of return to the marketplace. And that's the other thing about Mad Balls is they were an original intellectual property. They they weren't uh, – they're not from anything. They came out of uh, a, a designer named James Groman. Uh, who, who did a lot of the gross-out toys. He designed My Pet Monster. Um, he came up with the Mad Balls, and that's just they're just his ideas. They're not Star Wars or Spider-Man or whatever. And, and obviously, I love Star Wars and Spider-Man, but I also love when something original can kind of take root and, and become a big hit. And I'd like to see a little more of that. So anyway, that's uh, that's my interesting thing for 2017. Do you guys... Do you guys remember the Mad Balls? Do you do you have any interest in them at all? Oh yeah, I remember them really well. I remember. Uh, I don't know if I had any myself, but I feel like I had a bunch of friends that did. And they were just kind of a regular. The whole gross out thing, we were all into it. It was, of course, it was garbage fail kids and Boglins and just anything that freak out our parents was. Would just you just had to have it back then. Mike, uh, wacky do you remember packies, wacky packages? I think were some. Yeah, wacky packages with the the fake labels. Yeah, and, and I, those are even back as well. Yeah, I I don't remember Mad Balls in particular, but um, there was an incident where I I was not allowed to, uh, no longer allowed to play with balls in public. So that might be why I'm blocking that out. 
Whoa. I think that might be an episode of Needless Things After Hours. Shit just got dark. <laughs> what about you, Beth? Do you remember these things? I, I recall them. I think my brother might have had a few, but I was I was pretty girly when I was a little kid, and I had Barbies and stuff. I didn't have gross stuff. And, you know, I'm not super into toys anyway, but... Right, right. Yeah, you know, just kind of, meh. This is another meh for me. Understandable. So we're... Uh, I think this one maybe gets a, a slightly above sideways thumb. Oh, I didn't give DC a rate. I think DC gets a big thumbs up from everyone. Yeah, I think that was our big hit, yeah. big hit of the first half of the show for sure. Uh, Mad Balls get gets maybe a, a like a forty five degree angle thumb. <laughs> All right, so let's now go to the Needless Things podcast Facebook page, which if you are listening and have not joined, please go join uh, and look at what we've got here under my query. What toys, movies, music, and pop culture dorkery are you excited about in 2017? And our pal Brad Ladner, who was on an episode talking about his incredible Batman collection, which, by the way, he ended up getting that Guinness recognition. He uh, did. never did follow up on that. I need to have him back on the show to talk about it. And he didn't say anything Batman related, which was really surprising. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, his, his first mention was Twin Peaks. Uh, he, he made, he actually made two comments, which I appreciate because I, I can see how you'd want to come back on this one. Twin Peaks and DuckTales. Which <laughs> that is obviously. An combo. Yeah, there's a correlation there. Uh, well, it's a shit there could be because apparently the new Archie series is basically Twin Peaks. So make of that what you will. Nobody brought up Riverdale. Weird. <laughs> uh, so Twin Peaks and DuckTales. Uh, Twin Peaks, I. Uh, look, I, David Lynch is one of those guys that I'm like, wow, he makes really cool movies that I watch once every eight years. And uh, Twin Peaks is a show that I watched. I I feel like I watched the reruns. I, like maybe I watched the first few episodes when it was broadcast and just couldn't get into it. I feel like I watched it on, <laughs> I want to say Lifetime, but obviously that's probably not correct. <laughs> But I feel like I watched reruns on a on a basic cable channel at some it point. It did feel like a lifetime ago. I've I've seen the whole thing. I never actually saw Firewalk with me. Um so I mean I I'm definitely excited for this just because it's new stuff from David Lynch, but it's not it, it's not in the top half of my list. And then DuckTales, that I am absolutely 100% excited for. I loved DuckTales. I uh, loved the game. I loved the show. Uh, I love the whole concept of Duckburg and everything that, oh, my gosh, why did the name fall out of my head? Mike Gordon? David Tennant? No, 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 no. Uh, the guy that created Duckburg for the Disney comics. Uh, Carl? Oh, Carl Barks. Carl Barks. Carl Barks. Uh, I love the concept of, of just this world that has this brilliant storytelling and they just happen to be ducks or Disney ducks. Uh, I think it's great. And I'm super stoked to see what a modern version of that looks like. And yes, David Tennant is Scrooge McDuck, which, which is, is freaking incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, and the rest of the, the rest of the cast is, is very solid as well. Whoever yeah. The little are. promo with everybody singing the song was just entertaining as hell. It warmed the cockles of my heart. It, hmm. Even mine, and it happened out. I watched it over Christmas, and it made me not a Grinch. Well, we did. We did what we could. This is true. Your your heart is already two sizes too small. 
This year, it's almost a normal small heart at this point. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Beth and Mike? Uh, any Twin Peaks? Beth, you're bound to have some Twin Peaks thoughts. You you better at least. Or there's going to be <laughs> well, or there's going to be trouble later. I think. Uh, I actually watched it well before Mr. Tibbs and I were dating or ever married or anything. I watched it when it first ran, and I loved the first season. The second season, not so much. It was tough to get into. Uh, Firewalk with me, it, it was good. It, it wrapped up some loose ends and stuff, but I, I'm excited to see it come back. I'm sad that David Bowie will not be a part of it because he was in Firewalk with me, and I wanted to see what happened to his character, and he was supposed to be in it. Um, but I'm definitely interested, and I also will watch DuckTales, because I remember it as a kid fondly. Although that game was hard as crap. Yeah, it, it was. It, but it was one of the few Nintendo games that I completed, because it was so good. That and Ninja Gaiden, two of them. <laughs> uh, Sean? Uh, everything I know about Twin Peaks, I know from the episode of Psych. That they did on Twin Peaks. Oh, jeez! <laughs> you're you're pro- you're probably not alone. Uh, <laughs> I was super entertained by that episode, and it was neat to look up IMDb and see all the cameos. But that's all I got on Twin Peaks. Uh, Ducktales, on the other hand, as I said, super looking forward to that. Um, and uh, if you get me drunk, I have this unique ability to sing about anything to the Ducktales theme, like the way the music works. I can just useless mutant power. And you didn't bring this up for the game show. I gotta save something for the subsequent years. Yeah, I guess we're doing it again this year. Yeah, I've Uh, seen you drunk so many times and we've never done this. I think you just made that up, but we're gonna No, 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 no. you can ask my answer. (laughs) We're gonna gonna put it to the test. Mike, what about you? Uh, Big Twin Peaks fan, big David Lynch fan, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, but like, Beth mentioned, love the first season. The the whole mystery behind who killed Laura Palmer was amazing. Uh, the second season, it started to to lose itself, um, and then by the time the movie came out, it was like, who cares? Um, and uh, it was interesting because look, if David Lynch does nothing else, he makes things interesting. Um, and but so I'm I'm curious as to what you know we're going back to that um, and. Uh, It'll be nice to see like Kyle McLaughlin again and all the cast and the new cast and see what they do. And it's on Showtime, so I think this is, you know, uh, Twin Peaks was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. It was very influential, and it'll be good to see it come back in this uh, day and age of binge watching and uh, and and rule the day. I think it's going to be. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, never watched Ducktales. You have to. Wait, now, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I can what, tell what, just what? by this. I can tell just by this conversation that we've had that I am slightly older than you guys, <laughs> so that so that things that like the Power Rangers and Ducktales and Edbolt and stuff like that were just a little bit past me. So, um, so I did not partake in a lot of that stuff. But I definitely am a a fan of all things Disney Ducks. So uh, because my love for Cara Barks and Don Rosa's work, and I am keen to look to this as an opportunity to check it out as a new series. Yeah, I've, um, I tend to look at you as, as simply a oh. more experienced <laughs> contemporary <laughs> who, who is not allowed to play with balls in public. 
But who can meet you at Earl of Sandwich in 10 minutes? <laughs> any day, any weekday, I'm there. Man, that do you want to talk about a good mutant power to have? That would be a good one. <laughs> talk about looking forward to I rolled out of 2016 at Earl of Sandwich. I'm rolling right into 2017 at Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> All right, so uh, next on the list, we have our pal Greg from Odin's Cosmic Bookshelf, one of the many local comic book shops available in the metro Atlanta area. And uh, Greg, looking forward to uh, more, more Transformers toys that I can't afford. Uh, I know that feeling very well. Uh, and then he mentions the Marvel movies, the DC movies, and Episode Eight. Uh, and and we'll talk about those because pretty much everybody mentioned those in some way or another. We've already discussed the DC movies. Uh, and then finally... And I don't know how much we'll have to... Well, actually, you know what? This is probably going to be a good one. Uh, the Nintendo Switch. He mentions he's intrigued by that. Uh, and intrigued is the right word. But, Beth, you uh, have traditionally been a huge Nintendo fan. What do you know about the Switch? Are you excited about it? I honestly don't know anything about the Nintendo Switch. Damn I- it, Beth. I moved on from Nintendo after the GameCube. Oh, you are so you are for real done. I wasn't sure if you were still dabbling or not. You know, I I'm done. I've got my wow. old Legend of Zelda games that I can still play, and you know, I've got my old consoles, and that's that's all I need. I'm taking it old school now. You should really write a post about why you stopped buying Nintendo's products. It just got too cutesy and cutesy for me. No, 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 save me. it for a post. Okay, yes, yes, sir. I think that's a good post. <laughs> Don't give that shit away for free on the podcast. That's right. Give, give it away for free on the blog. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> give it away for free with effort. Uh, I, I, the Switch is interesting, but it is, it's amazing how with each succeeding successive system, Nintendo feels more and more like, well, that's another dumb gimmick. Like, that seems to be, they almost seem to be reaching for just the most outrageous gimmicks. Uh, and I, you know, again, I've got that nine-year-old son who, who wants the new stuff, whether it be a Power Rangers movie or the new Nintendo system, because that's when you're nine, that's what you do. So at some point, you know, we'll probably have one. But I told him if he wants it, he's got to spend his own money on it because I'm not buying any more Nintendo consoles with my money. I'd, I'd rather have the old school nintendo that they just came out with uh, yeah Christmas, good luck with that with all the old games i you know what all i want is mario sunshine <laughs> i freaking love mario sunshine and they haven't made it downloadable for the wii uh and even the because the wii plays gamecube games but now used copies of it which when i quit gamestop we were selling used copies of mario sunshine for like seven dollars and now it's like 120 bucks or some shit. Jesus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I love that game. All right, let's move on. Unless anybody else has anything to say uh, about the Nintendo Switch. Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on because we'll, we'll cover the Marvel movies in just a bit here. Uh, our, our buddy Jason Frazier, who's been on the podcast several times, uh, mentions all the Marvel stuff, which which is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, and then also we have Iron Fist. Uh, and the Defenders. And the Defenders coming. Uh, then he also throws out there, I don't know what Lost in London Live is. Anybody? 
No idea. I'm asking the Google machine. No, don't worry about it. We got too much to cover. John Wick two, which uh, real quick, has everybody seen John Wick? Uh, yeah. yeah, I have not, but it's on my list. I've heard it's amazing. Beth, that that sounded almost like a meh rather than a yeah. Well, I've seen it, but I, I mean, it was all right. Oh my but... goodness! What about you, Mike? What do you think of it? It was a fun flick. I'm glad they're making another one, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't I, know if I, I didn't see it in the, the first one in the theater though. So no, I didn't either. I, I don't know if this one will get me to the theater. I might just wait, but it it's definitely on my radar to see. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it, much more than I expected to. But I think that might have played into it as I had no expectations going in, and it ended up being such a fun, great movie. Uh, you know, along the lines of, like, you know, Transporter or uh, uh, Shoot 'em Up, you know, just that, that crazy over-the-top action that, that's fun to see every once in a while. Uh, Lego Batman movie. Very excited about that. Looks didn't even mention that one on my, on my DC talk. I didn't even mention that one, and that one is a big highlight. Yes, that that will be opening day for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Logan, which is not technically, I guess, one of the Marvel movies, even though it is. It's just not connected. It's a Fox ish. Right. Yeah, but well, it, looks um, good. it is. It's Fox. I've heard. But. I've I've heard really good things about it. The yeah, the trailer looks good, and um, uh, a friend of mine was at the um, big um, Austin marathon that they movie marathon, the Buttonomathon that they do, and they showed about the first I don't know twenty minutes of it, and she said it was unbelievable. Like she really raved about it. So I'm excited for that too. Well, I have a little faith. Because I think a lot of you know, I don't care about the R rating. That that is to me, unless it's very specific type of content, the rating is not really a factor in how excited I am about something. And I don't think it's necessary for Wolverine to be R, uh, especially considering what you can get away with in a PG thirteen movie. But I do think Deadpool and the success of Deadpool had a big effect on this movie. So my hope is not so much about the R, but about the freedom that they had to tell a good story, perhaps without as much interference from Fox. That that's that's my excitement, and I enjoyed the last movie. I liked the Wolverine. I thought it was good. I thought the Wolverine was all right. Um, it was better than Wolverine Origins. You're such a curmudgeon. <laughs> what what isn't better than Wolverine Origins? <laughs> it's Pat. It's true. Uh, <laughs> X-Men 3 is not better than Wolverine. Ooh, oh, I disagree you're right, with you're that. Right. I disagree with that. I think X-Men 3 was better than Wolverine Origins. I, I think X-Men Origins... Not by a lot, though, right? No, not by a lot. No, okay, no, no. Right. So we're just... Yeah. <laughs> we can um, still be friends. X-Men, <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine, it, for a long time, was the worst comic book adaptation I had ever seen. Like, over Corman's Fantastic Four, um, over that 90s Captain America... I, I I loathe that movie, uh, and I can't remember what replaced it. Uh, Mike, I think you've even pointed it out at some point. Like, oh, it's worse than this, and I'm like, well, no, not that. Fantastic Four. Can't be. Yeah, worse fan, than- that was it. Fan four stick. That one. I was going to say it can't was, be worse than Catwoman. Yeah, fan, well, I haven't seen Catwoman. Oh, um, fan fan four stick is the one that replaced Origins. Uh, you know how much you hate that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, well, everybody's excited about Logan. Beth, you're excited about Logan, right? I'm super excited about Logan. Cool. Uh, Train Spotting 2, which I'll, I'll be honest, I don't give a shit. I'm excited about that. That makes sense. I love the first Train Spotting <laughs> so much. I don't even know what that means, but that makes sense to me. 
<laughs> do you? I think that's just your go-to answer. It like is. I say something you disagree with, and you're like, "It figures." Yeah, yeah, that, that is, makes sense. It is. It's 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 such a sorry assholey <laughs> go-to, but it's funny to me. Um, I I never. I mean, I get it that the first one has has some really great uh, great performances in it. But I just it, it never clicked with me. And it's the sound. Well, but you don't like electronic music like at all, do you? Uh, I mean, it depends. I don't. I don't hate all of it. <laughs> That's not much of an answer. I, I well, I'll tell what, you this: the score, the music in that movie, the music was not the problem. The problem was that it was a bunch of gross fucking people that I wanted to die. <laughs> like a I, lot of them did. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and I should have enjoyed all except it more. the ones that can come back for the uh, <laughs> exactly sequel. Obviously, yeah. I, I didn't find the appeal of that movie, and I, I was uh, I don't like movies about gross people a whole lot. Like, I don't like like Gummo and Julian Donkey Boy and stuff like that. I don't enjoy watching the dregs of humanity a lot, and I get that it's a story about redemption, but. Eh. So, just so I can say that, keep it straight. Gross balls, yes. Gross English people, no. no. Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure that's clear. That's going on my tombstone. <laughs> Gross finger puppets, yes. Beth, yes. did you? I, I, the train spotting probably came out right around, I guess it was a little before we were. All in the apartment. Yeah, I, I I was actually a big club kid at the time, and I loved all that music and everything. And when I first saw the trailer and they started playing the music from the first movie, I got a little wave of nostalgia. You were like, oomph, 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 oomph. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind, of, oomph, oomph, oomph. kind of like that in my head. I was a little bit like that. <laughs> That's but but then I started the paying right attention. Kind of music. <laughs> That's I started house. paying attention to what was happening. In the trailer, and, and said, nah, "I don't, I don't need to see all that. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I've moved on. Danny Boyle hasn't." <laughs> Seems I, to be the case. I will see it mostly just because of nostalgia. Because I'll be honest, I'm the douchebag that if they did Swingers too. I'd be like, "I'm gonna go see that too," and it's not gonna be good. But I would still go see it. I'm like, "I love the first one." Yeah, uh, Swingers you, is another one that I did. I, you I see didn't. Clerks too? <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah. I liked Clerks too. Oh God! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we watched it the other night, and we were just like, "God, no wonder we don't remember this movie." <laughs> sorry, guys. Purged it from our memories completely. Wasn't it in color? Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, though that ruined it, it already. Yeah, that ruined it. No, <laughs> that ruined it. Yeah, there was a lot more than that. It figures. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it, it, but if if color was your big problem with it, I don't think you watched the movies. <laughs> so the donkey um, show was fine. <laughs> well, they always are, aren't they? But not the color. Uh, any thoughts on Train Spotting Two, Mike? Um, eh, you know, give them credit to do it. I, I'll see it, but it's not going to be. Again, it's not going to be one that drives me to the theater. I'll I'll just see it at my leisure. Now, this is going to be an interesting one because we, we've had some uh, diverse opinions on some movies that I thought were kind of general big hits. Kingsman 2. Now, I I did not see Kingsman until – because I just didn't have a whole – even though it was uh, Matthew Vaughn, who I love, something about the trailer didn't click for me. So I didn't see it until it came out on Blu-ray, and I loved it. Uh, it it's up there with Stardust – 
uh, for me as as one of my favorite films of his. What? Uh, yeah. I, says, there we go. That's the voice of dissent I was waiting for. <laughs> the Cody Rhodes character? So you you did not enjoy uh, Kingsman? Not at all. Really? But I wanted to. I wanted to. so I, I angry about it. <laughs> I am. I'm so I actually, mad at life because I didn't I like it. I paid this. to see it in the theater. And I wanted to enjoy it because I love goofy spy films and I thought it would be a good send up of like 007. I thought it would be silly and I love Colin Firth, but no, it had none of that. Yeah. It was, it wasn't really the end. Oh, so stupid. It wasn't really that it wasn't as much a, uh, like a, 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 parody or, or satirical thing it was it was well, a no I, I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be like one of those you didn't think it was gonna be know, spy hard. movies or, or the weigh-ins movies or anything like that but. good lord <laughs> isn't it based on a comic property it is but i yeah. haven't read isn't the everything <laughs> this is true. if i had read the comic i might have known that it wasn't going to be what i thought it was going to be oh, i haven't read it i didn't even know it was a comic um well isn't it didn't like um Millar set up a whole publishing studio just to do Hollywood bitches. Yeah, pretty much. Is this yeah. one of those? And and most of them have been uh, realized, actually. As, yeah. As, or something at some point, yeah. And, yeah, I knew this was a comic going in. I didn't read the comic, but I knew it was going to be something to the akin. Like, what, what he did with uh, Wanted, I knew, like, for superheroes, I knew that Kingsman did for spy stuff. So, like, and, and I enjoyed it for that. I didn't see it in the theater, so I didn't pay for it. So I just watched it on HBO or whatever, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, and I enjoyed it so much that I probably will see this, the sequel in the theater. Yeah, this is for sure a, a theatrical viewing for me. What about you, Sean? Uh, I have heard that I should see it. I have not seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah, you need to so. see it, I think. Uh, although I'll be very curious to hear what you have to say about it because you, you you have a, a, a dirty little contrarian heart deep inside of you. Not as bad as Arian, but it's there. Well, no, Arian hates everything. He does. He really does. It's it's right there. I mean, that's where uh, people often wonder, Arian, where does that name come from? It's just a short name, Contrarian. Right. <laughs> uh, it is. And then finally uh, – well, no, two more from Jason. Jason God, he had wants a, to see everything. He's he got had a very a, busy well, he, twenty. No, he, <laughs> yeah, he's got a busy year. Well, no, Jason. He's one of those guys. Like he is a movie freak. He sees everything in the theater. Um, uh, War War of the Planet of the Apes, which I want to bring up because Chad and I actually discussed this. Why the fuck aren't these movies getting more attention and more present in the public conversation? Because the first two were fantastic. Yeah, I feel like they've all been really good so far. And uh, well, they're they're two so far. Uh, oh, is it just two? Why yeah. did I think there was more? Because uh, you're a crazy person who uh, makes up things in your head sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but War of the Planet yes. of the Apes is the third uh, installment of this sort of prequelish thing that is so good that you end up not caring. Like, it's exciting when it does seem to tie into the original movies, but it's so good on its own that you're kind of just along for the ride, regardless of what the connection is. Uh, and, and I've, uh, they've just been amazing. Mike, have you, have you seen them? Have you enjoyed them? I've seen all of them in the theater. I enjoy them. Uh, I'm not over the moon about them, but I do enjoy them. And I will see this one in the theater because they're, they're consistent. Uh, at least the first two. And this one looks like it's, it's, uh, because as much as, you know, the purists out there like the original series, 
man, some of those are a, to- a coin toss as to whether or not they suck or not. Like <laughs> you can you watch that first one and it's so classic, yeah. And the others are like, well, the, not so much. Yeah, there are a couple that are that are a chore. It's it's yeah. like watching some of the longer uh, Patrick Trout and Doctor Who's. Yeah. So like, anybody who says. Tough. Anybody who says like, oh, well, you know, the classics are the ones where it's at. It's like, well, you can keep those because yeah. these are these. And, and what's really awesome about them, too, is that, you know, what they're all CG, at least the apes that work, the ape work CG characters. And they just are well done. I mean, it's just yeah. it's probably one of the best, like the best well done, most well done CG characters that you'll find on the screen. They do a really, really good job. What the original series did with makeup, this does with CG. Sean, I'm I'm going to say this just for Sean. It is baffling to watch the Planet of the Apes movies and then to look at Doomsday. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, it's like alternate universes. Like, how the fuck are there people in the same industry that can right. make Caesar and then their their contemporaries are making Doomsday. Right. I mean, I felt that way when I watched Sharknado and compared it to Doomsday. Um, that's a joke. All right, that's enough. Because Sharknado is... I gave you one. That's <laughs> enough. Uh, all right, and then finally from Jason, Alien Covenant, which... It's, you want to talk about divisive? Uh, personally, I enjoyed Prometheus a lot. Uh, yes, it has its problems, but I thought the performances were great. I loved the look of the movie and how, in a lot of ways, now it does always bother me when old technology looks better than supposedly more recent technology. Uh, but in the context of what they're doing, it kind of makes sense. I just, I, it was I like, run down when they got to it in alien. Right, yeah. But this, here's the thing. The ship in Prometheus is basically the richest person in the universe had the best ship in the universe built. This is not some crusty commercial freighter. Like what was an alien. This is like a Porsche, versus a VW van. So I can accept that the instrumentation on that ship is better than what they had on the ship. What's the name of the ship in Alien? Uh, Nostromo. Nostromo. Uh, But anyway, I I don't want to debate Prometheus too much because I know people hate it, and I understand that people hate it. Uh, I, I actually didn't hate it. Yes! Hooray! <laughs> I know you're super surprised. I I am. I am a little surprised. Although you and I, it's funny, when it comes to science fiction, like straight science fiction, I think you and I tend to see eye to eye a little bit better than we do in other things. Yeah, I think um, you're right. And and maybe it comes from Doctor Who, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what about you? What, what did you think of Prometheus, and are, are you excited for this, whatever they're doing now? I'm. I, I like the Alien franchise overall. I mean, it goes up and down in terms of its consistency, but it always is worth seeing as soon as possible. So I'll see this in the theater. Um, Prometheus was not uh, didn't give me everything I wanted, uh, to be honest with you. But um, it looked great, um, and it was kind of cool to be back in that universe again. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one as well. My my big thing about Covenant 
is I'm very disappointed that we're losing Numi Rapace. Does that sound acceptable? Yeah, I think that's as close as you can get to saying her name without being her. Because I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I really fell in love with her character, uh, who, who was named after a Doctor Who companion, as a matter of fact. Uh, I, I just loved her character so much. I'm really disappointed she's not back for this one. And, and, you know, the franchise managed to hang on to Ripley for four movies, even though it jumped through time quite a bit. And I, I'm, I'm just disappointed. We're, we're losing what I thought was the, the high point of, of the whole last movie. And, and yes, I'm happy Michael Fassbender is back. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm perhaps a bit over fastbendered lately. I, I'm I'm fastbendered up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not going to go see Assassin's Creed. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Uh, I'm currently playing an Assassin's Creed game. Doesn't make me want to go see a movie about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Sean? Did you see Prometheus? Did you care about it at all? No, uh, didn't see it. Didn't really care about it. Um, admittedly, I'm a little late to the Alien game, so I've just I, I haven't even caught up with all the original films. Uh, I just saw the first two um, within the last few years. Um, Good God, man! I know. Look, I only went to my first haunted house in 2016. I'm catching right. up. I'm, I'm catching up on stuff. Um, and uh, so, yeah, but I, I had heard about Prometheus. Um, I've seen some of the early artwork for this new one that's coming out, and it seems really interesting, and it seems like a definite throwback to the first two films. Um, so uh, I may go check this one out, but it's not like it's, it's not super high on my list. Fair enough. Uh, moving on, we have, and, and uh, I'm probably the only one that's going to, well, I don't know, Mike, you might have a comment or two about this. Uh, we have Ryan. Uh, our, our head of research, who said Mezco March. And what he's referring to is the fact that basically all of Mezco's 112 collective action figures, which uh, are a little pricey and I had not intended to buy, but they are the very best action figures I have ever owned in my entire life. Uh, I've got four of them now. I just brought Captain America home today. And... They're just mind-bogglingly incredible figures. But most of the 112 collective action figures that were supposed to come out last year did not. And Mezco now has them slated to all come out in March. And that's Space Ghost, Daredevil, uh, I think Punisher is one of the March ones, Flash, or no, I think it's Flash, not Superman. Superman's later in the year. So there's like there's like five of these because Mezco has the license for Marvel, for DC, uh, for Star Trek, for Judge Dredd, for Universal Monsters, uh, for Ghostbusters. It's it's unbelievable uh, the variety. They're almost like Funko in the the breadth of their licenses. But so all of these figures that kept getting pushed back that were supposed to come out in like say. August, October, December are now all coming out in March, uh, potentially. So that's that's going to be an expensive month, but it's going to be a month of incredible action figures. Now, I'm excited to see, so far, every single one of them has been top-notch, five out of five, uh, best version of whatever character it may be that I own. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to get more of these guys as, as pricey as they are. Uh, Beth, I know you probably don't have... <laughs> 
any thoughts on these, but Mike and Sean, are you, are you kind of looking at these from afar? Are there any that you're like, you know, I'm kind of tempted by that. Oh, I'm tempted by all of it. Like I'm, I have so much lust in my eyes. As I said, the 112 line is insane. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything. And uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, and I'm getting ready to try to sell this house. So I'm trying to limit my new toy buying because I have no, like I'm downsizing significantly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm like, don't buy anything new. But man, I'm always tempted every time I see one of those new 112 well, lines. Don't worry. The Shazam was insane. Don't worry because they don't. Oh, that's, that's the other March one, Shazam. Uh, oh. Yeah, they they won't be out till March, if then. So you've got plenty of time. <laughs> so, so I have plenty of time to move and figure out how much space I have left. What about you, Mike? Uh, they look absolutely gorgeous, and I and uh, I, I I give them a lot of credit. If I was, if I could, I would. But uh, I, I they I have to chalk them up as things I cannot afford. Well, and you you have a lot more restraint than I do. Anyway, you're you're. Oh no. <laughs> Well, no, that's true. You, you, yours is just focused in other directions. It is with sta- stacks of twelve hundred comic books. Yes, <laughs> randomly uh, scattered. So. I, I will always love one of your first comments after your first visit to the Phantom Zone. Was I'm kind of disappointed. I thought you'd have more comics. <laughs> and and like in my head, now granted, I have seen collections that take up massive rooms and houses. As a matter of fact, one of my earliest memories uh, was was uh, my fifth grade teacher uh, back in the days where such things were acceptable had sort of a party for the class at her house and her husband had his like downstairs area and he had these shelves and shelves and shelves that he had built with hundreds of boxes of comic books on them. And, uh, it's still the largest private collection I've ever seen. And he let each of us grab a few comics out of each box. He was like, I just go pick out some comics. And I, uh, I got three sequential Black Panther comics and those were some of the first comics I ever got. But anyway, uh, in my mind, you know, I've, I've got a lot of comics, but Mike Gordon does not agree with me. No, he was disappointed. It's, it's all relative. <laughs> but no, no, but those figures they look amazing, and uh, I definitely, if I could, I would. They just they're just gorgeous. If I could buy any figures, it would be those. Yeah, and, and that that would definitely be the the wise decision, particularly uh, their the the Dawn of Justice Batman and the Dark Knight Returns Batman that are currently out are, are just incredible. But I do still look forward to just a a, a comic book based Batman along the lines of, of the other stuff that they're doing that are just kind of an amalgam of the best features of each character. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to what they do with a a non-specific version of Batman. Uh, so let's go ahead, since we, we're kind of getting to the point where we want to start wrapping this thing up, uh, let's talk Marvel. Uh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, uh, and... Iron Fist and Defenders, I, out of all of those, I mean, I have to be honest and say Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the one that I am most excited about because the original Guardians is still my second favorite of all of the MCU movies. Uh, it is, it is as I've said many times, it's a touchstone of pop culture connectivity where basically the whole world had the same feelings while watching this movie, which is to me, a singular point in time. 
Uh, and the second movie has a lot to live up to, but I think it's going to do it no problem because I love James Gunn. I love everything he's done. And I think uh, if there is anybody that can top what Guardians of the Galaxy was, it is James Gunn. Uh, how do you guys feel about going into Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Likewise. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Spider-Man is my higher one, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2, everything, the marketing on it again is just – fucking brilliant what about you beth uh this is the one i am looking forward to the most out of all the marvel stuff that is happening and i know there's a lot of marvel stuff always happening uh, but yeah, I, there is I, now. I would say guardians of the galaxy as much as i liked luke cage they've been a little inconsistent on the netflix stuff like jessica jones i didn't care for but luke cage i liked so kind of eh, on iron fist but yeah, Guardians I can, definitely. I can understand that. Uh, the the well, they're a different animal. Uh, the the movies are all very much popcorn and fun. The Netflix stuff has kind of peaks and valleys. Uh, all of them have gotten a little. Uh, they they sort of lulled in the middle just a bit, I think. Uh, but as far as the movies go, it's hard for me to say that I'm most excited about Guardians of the Galaxy two because I, I'm incredibly excited about Spider Man Homecoming. And I think I like the first two Thor movies a lot more than most people do. I, I thoroughly enjoy both of those movies and have watched them several times each. And Ragnarok, I have been very excited for even before it was announced that Hulk and Doctor Strange were going to be in it. Uh, I just, I, I like Thor's story and Thor's part of the Marvel Universe. And I'm, I'm very excited about that, and if it wasn't for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, that would be my big one. I liked the first one. I just didn't care for the second one. It just dragged for me. Oh, see, it I felt loved really it. long. I found it to be just a, a great fantasy flick. I, I really, really loved it. I liked out the of first all one the, a lot, though. Out of all the Marvel movies, the two Thor ones are the ones I watched more than any of the others. And, Interesting. Uh, and I and I and I can't say you know unequivocally they're the best, but yet there's something about them that I that I'm drawn to, and I think it's a question of you know which character do you like you know like I love and and I'm a big Spider-Man guy, so I'm definitely looking forward to Spider-Man. Uh, but if I had to put them in order, and it's not very there's not a lot of space in between these. Sure, sure. But it's Guardians, Spider-Man, and then Thor, and then. Uh, Iron Fist and Defenders. So it's like, but they're all so close. You could barely make out. You need a microscope to see the space between. <laughs> there's, uh, for me, there's definitely a, a, a noticeable gap between the movies and the Netflix shows. And I thoroughly enjoy the Netflix shows. Uh, I, I, I think they are great, but I watch them with a different part of my brain. So they're kind of a different animal to me. I, I almost can't even compare them to the movies, really. They're, they're just a different thing. It's the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I watch that with an even different uh, sort of perspective on things because I, and I might be the only one on the planet that thinks this, uh, but I think quality-wise and in the context of being well-done, sequential, uh, not sequential, um, Oh, the word's escaping me. Weekly Entertainment, whatever. Uh, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a far, far better show than any of the DC shows. Uh, as far as quality and acting and writing, I, I just think that it is. And I don't enjoy it as much, but I think it's a better show. 
I know. No, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> but I, I agree. I agree with Howdy. I don't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just agree to disagree on that. And, that, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so is, is that pretty much everything Marvel? Yeah. So finally, to wrap this thing up, uh, several people mentioned episode eight, uh, including Noel. Oh, you know what? Before we get to episode eight, uh, real quick, I want to mention uh, two things. One, our pal Jazz Ingram uh, from the Possum, Possum Kingdom Ramblers. They have a new CD coming out this year. Yes. and With uh, the official version of Rad Ranger's Radical Radcast theme song. Very nice. I think there's a Tiki Zombie track on there. Shameless plugs. <laughs> so that uh, looking forward to that whenever that ends up happening. Uh, we've got a couple more people that commented were our pal Johnny Danger, who mentioned Kong Skull Island, uh, which comes out very soon. We're very stoked about that. Uh, Arian, if it's anything like the ride, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Arian mentioned uh, all the Marvel stuff, mentioned Twin Peaks, and then uh, Mark Heffernan, who's part of Hulanta, a uh, convention that I can't seem to get booked at anymore mention Star Wars, the Marvel stuff, and a show called The Crown, which after his comment, all of a sudden I saw several people mentioning The Crown. I don't know a thing about it. Anybody know anything about The Crown? Yeah, it's no, a show on Netflix. It, it takes place. It's a costume drama. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, And he also mentioned the new season of Doctor Who, which I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, I am not. Uh, our pal Alicia, who's written for the site before, mentioned uh, the Marvel stuff. Our pal Rob across the pond actually mentioned Lego toys, including an Adams Family Mansion, which I did awesome. not know was happening. I didn't either. Uh, but if it is along the lines of Lego's other special uh, large-sized releases, like the Batman 66 Batcave uh, or the Simpsons stuff, it's going to be like 200 bucks. So keep that in mind when you get excited about that. Uh, and then Wonder Woman is top of uh, his list film-wise. Batwoman is a comic he's excited about. I am looking at Batwoman with a bit of reservation, uh, only because, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Margaret Bennett, has when she's good, she is great. Uh, and when she is not great, she is not great. Mike, have you, have you read uh, much of her stuff? Uh, a little bit, not as much to, to know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like the way that she's been handled in since rebirth. So, um, I'm looking forward to her solo series. Well, and that, that's kind of where my faith lies in with, is with editorial and, and with the care that's been taken with Kate Kane. Although, and I, I can't remember who the artist is, but I thought I was impressed with the artist too. Yeah. The artist is solid. I can't remember who it is either. And I feel kind of bad about that, but I, I'm more of a writer guy for the most part anyway. Um, uh, the the one thing that troubles me is if you read the DC Universe Holiday Special that came out uh, a couple weeks ago, Kate Kane, as drawn in that, appears that the artist that drew her has never actually seen Kate Kane or read a Batwoman comic book <laughs> because she is dressed like a glamorous model and has long red hair. Gotcha. Uh, total. Uh, it's baffling to me how that got past editorial. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with Batwoman. Uh, our pal Nathan Laws, uh, Logan, Wonder Woman, Episode 8. And then finally, Lucas Garrett chimed in with DuckTales. So we've got several votes for DuckTales. I think yeah. DuckTales might be the sole consensus across the board. Uh, so let's now talk about Episode 8. 
Um, I'm going to frame it in the context of episode seven and not really talk as much about what happened with Rogue One because Rogue One is an entirely different beast uh, from the continuing Star Wars saga, if that's what you want to refer to the post-Jedi stuff as. Uh, you know, this is the future of Star Wars, and it's easy for people to kind of dismiss The Force Awakens at this point. I'm still a little confused by people who outright didn't like it or seem to have more problems with it than things that they liked about it. Uh, but I'm often confused in that way by people. Uh, but the force awakens did an amazing thing and made us fall in love with these new characters and actually care about what was happening to them. In my case, even more than I cared about what was happening with, you know, these characters that I had grown up with. Uh, I, I wanted to see what was going to happen with Ray and with Kylo Ren and with Finn and, and even, you know, BB eight and Poe Dameron who I, I, if there's one thing that is just amazing to me, it's how lucky we are that they changed the decision to kill Poe Dameron because, uh, that, that he was, he wasn't in it a ton, but I loved his character uh, and I have high hopes that we finally have the gifted rebel pilot, like the, the cream of the crop of, well, not rebel, but, um, the, uh, sort of cream of the crop of, of the resistance. That's just a guy. He's just a really good pilot. Um, and, and kind of not, you know, nothing to do with a force. He's just that damn good. He's kind of like a modern day wedge. Uh, because we never really got a story like that. And, and I'm very excited to see more from him. And, and uh, you know, he'll never come to the forefront because this is still essentially a Skywalker story. But I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited about episode eight and to see where they go from here. Uh, how do you guys feel looking forward? Are, are you, has however you felt about The Force Awakens dulled at all? Uh, how do you feel about the saga going forward? Let's uh, let's start with Sean. I am ridiculously excited, and my excitement was even more enhanced after seeing Rogue One um, because I feel like, and I know we're not, it doesn't occur in the same storyline, obviously, as Episode 7 and what Episode 8 will do, but I feel like it gave us our first taste of what a larger Star Wars world outside of the original, the uh, Luke, Leia, Han configuration that we know, um, you know. So I'm excited to see what Episode Eight will now will now do, what direction it will go. Now that the new characters that we know them, they're established. We effectively have the origin story and bridge story between the original trilogy out of the way, and now we can really see where these characters can go and they can open up the universe again. So. I'm really, really excited for it. I'm hoping um, – I was disappointed this year that Disney didn't do anything other than the the mommy blogger Death Star at Epcot. Um, for Rogue One, I'm hoping they do something big for Episode Eight, and I guess I'll be fine if they only do something big every other year. Well, and, and the other thing is this is the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. Like, right. It's not just Episode Eight coming out. Yes, it's it's there's a lot. This it's huge. You know, this would 
Um, this is, episode eight really gives uh, this new crew the opportunity to do what was done in A New Hope, and it's really cool that it's happening in the 40th anniversary. So I'd love to see Disney just kind of do some big blowout thing and go back down there um, and and get to take part in that uh, again because it was a, it was awesome to do it for episode seven. So I'm really fingers crossed hoping they do something for episode eight. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I, I want to see where these characters go next. Um, sort of free. I, I hesitate to say free of the baggage because it's not like Luke, Leia, and Han are, are baggage or that the old original trilogy is is baggage, but to see these characters really fully step into their own and own these new roles that they've taken on. Well, when you um, say baggage, what I think is the expectations. Yes. Because the, yes. the problem going into The Force Awakens is everything that we knew, not just about the original trilogy, but about the expanded universe, about, you know... It just, exactly. It, it, it was, we were sitting there like, all right, give it to us. We don't know what it's going to be, but now, you know, to an extent we do know... And they can just kind of cut loose now that now that they've situated us, exactly. Uh, they, they can kind of pull back the slingshot and let go. Exactly. Yeah, they're 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 really free to just kind of let this let this fly. They don't have to worry about prequels. They don't have to worry about original trilogy. Now they can just start telling new stories. And again, I feel like we got to see what they can do when they feel like they've got freedom to tell new stories, even in an existing universe with uh, with Rogue One. What about you, Beth? How do you feel about Episode Eight? I actually am excited about it. Um, I, I will admit to when I first saw Rogue One being one of those people who was doing comparisons, but they really are two different things. And the naysayers, I think, were upset because they didn't want the setup. You know, Rogue One doesn't have anything it has to set up. Right. Whereas The Force Awakens has so much stuff that it has to lay out before it can go forward as a story. And I think people after seeing Rogue One were like, oh, wait, shit just happens? What? We don't have to have setup? <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't need, like, hours and hours and hours of backstory? Well, and, yeah, right out of the bat, you've, you've got Cassie and Andor shooting someone in the back. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, this is rebellious. This is different. But now I think with Episode Eight, we can just, you know, move on and, and go to new stories and, and do new things. And I think... Everyone who disliked things about The Force Awakens, and I'm not saying it was a perfect movie, but it was a good movie, I think all those naysayers will come around when they move on to the new stories. And regardless, they'll, and regardless they're still going to go see it. They're still going to go see it. Uh, Mike, how do you feel? Where are you with the Star Wars saga? I am super excited for Episode Eight, and I can't wait till we get a title. Um, I know, right? <laughs> it's, I'm surprised that hasn't like really. Did I mean, we, we have, have one by this time? I know that seems like you know we're a year less than a year in. We need a title at least. Give us something. Um, but um, uh, I am excited. I am uh, uh, for the past two years. Uh, uh, despite the fact that there's been new Star Wars movies, uh, they have not made my top five movies of the year. Um, not because, uh, I don't love Star Wars, but because I just thought both of them have their issue. I have issues with both of them. So let's put it that way. Um, and yes, I'm that guy, uh, as far as Rogue One is concerned. I, I definitely have more problems with Rogue One than most people seem to. Um, but I'm never in, in going to case, Earl of Sandwich with you again. I, uh, 
Um, I'm excited for episode eight. Um, look, the, the Skywalker saga, as, as many people may not be, um, as thrilled about it as I am, it's what brought me to the dance from day one. And it's what I, I want to see. And, uh, I'm excited that we're going to see it continue. I'm excited the way it's going to continue. Um, it's not Abrams, which is so awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, everybody like this is, I remember having a a, a, a a hopeful moment when I heard that Abrams had saw the script for episode eight and said, damn, I wish I got to direct that one. And I was like, well, you're not directing it. And now I'm even more excited. The, um, the thing is, though, it's not Abrams, but it is. Oh, wait, is it eight or nine? Rian Johnson doing eight or nine? Rian uh, Johnson. Is it Rian or Ryan? I, don't, I think it's Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Johnson. He I'm just not 100% spells sure. it like a goober. But he's yeah, doing eight, he, right? Well, he might be Welsh. But he's he's directing episode <laughs> eight, right? Um, I think so. Uh, the the man who directed the only bad episode of Breaking Bad. I well, like in your mind, out. a lot of people consider that one a classic. So that's on you. So, <laughs> um, but um, and then the guy who directed Jurassic World is directing nine, right? Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I heard that. So, um, in any case, um, I'm expecting this to just move forward. Like, the franchise is going to move forward. I understand that they had to establish themselves with Force Awakens. I understand exactly what they did. They, they, they made it so that th- they let everybody know this is a Star Wars movie. This is what you can expect. This is, this is laying the groundwork. You know, the other Star Wars movies, the last three you saw, Forget about those. This is where we're going. This is where things are now. And that part was uh, established. Now let's see what they do with it. Not to mention that now we're going to see uh, Carrie Fisher's final performance, which I'm excited to see. uh, And I'm very curious to see that. Obviously, no matter how good or bad the film is going to be, I can't imagine any of us are going to walk out not crying when the tribute notice goes up at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, So, um, but I'm I'm super excited. I want to see I want to see an amazing Star Wars film, and and all the ingredients seem to be there for eight to be the one. Yeah, I uh, like Sean said. This this is kind of moving forward. This is the future. This is the opportunity to really, uh, you know, we're continuing the story. We keep saying the Skywalker saga, but let's be honest, we're continuing the story of C three PO and R two D two. They're the only characters that have been in every film, and and uh, you know it's 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 time to to move ahead and see what the future holds, uh, guys. I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking about two zero one seven two thousand seventeen, whatever you want to call it. And uh, looks like there's a lot of stuff to be excited about in the year ahead. And really, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the stuff we know about. There's all kinds of things that we're going to find out about in the coming months. Uh, Toy Fair is about a month away. We don't know anything that's going to be shown there. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con in July. You know, there, there's so much, you know, we already know what we're looking forward to, but we can sit here and look forward to the other things that we're going to look forward to and finding out exactly what they are. But, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking and, uh, we will, now run down the line and you can tell us where we can find you online and what you are up to. Beth, how's that Twitter coming along? 
I, I mean, I have an account, <laughs> and, and and I occasionally post, and it's more than I do on Instagram. So check me out at at Needless Beth, and I promise I won't clog your feed. I I want you to commit to periscoping once a week. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> Red Ranger, what are you up to? Where can we find you online? What episode is Red Bear's Baracle Bearcast up to? To us, we so uh, we have eleven episodes in the can, um, and uh, recorded a twelfth one over the New Year's Eve weekend. Over um, the what's that again? New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I thought you said New Year's Eve. I did. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. New York is Eeyore's brother. <laughs> yes. Oh, bother. Um, yeah. So recorded a, uh, a short little one, sort of a piss off 2016. Hello, 2017. With uh, it's a crossover episode with uh, Ryan and Derek from Ryan and Derek's Horror Hour. Also Ryan from the Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. Now with Ryan. Um, and so we did a little crossover episode. I'm going to get that release. We'll probably go out next week. And then we are lining up an interview uh, for the following week with Rock and Horror Apparel Clothing. So uh, that will be 12 and uh, 13th episodes. So all started because you would let me on the show to bitch about Batman vs. Superman. So thank you for that. I You're welcome. Teen episodes. Uh, so, uh, oh, you are you going to tell that. us where we can find yeah, these things? Yeah, that'd probably help. Um, <laughs> let's go to iTunes and search for Rad Rangers Radical Radcast or just Rad Ranger. I think I actually come up as one of the top results for that. Uh, you can find me at theradranger.com on Instagram and Twitter as the Rad Ranger. And um, I think it's theradcast.simplecast.com. I don't even know that. Yes, theradcast.simplecast.com is where you can find the podcast online. And finally, Mike Gordon, what are you up to and where can we find you? Well, uh, if you want to hear me prattle on, uh, you can always go to the ESO Network page and uh, download the newest weekly episode of Earth Station One. I'm on that uh, every week. Uh, we just did our year-end review as well and uh, talked a little bit more about things that we're looking forward to this year. So um, that was kind of fun to put the put the year to rest, to bed, and move on. Um and uh, also, you can look at uh, my my Tiki Zombie work, my other projects that I've got going on if you go to newlegendmike.com. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. We will talk to you all again sooner than later. And uh, everyone, have a happy new year. Happy new year. Good night. Right, it was fun. Thank later. you. 2017 is shaping up to be a pretty darn entertaining year, wouldn't you say? You know what else you would say? You would say, hey, it's almost your bedtime, Phantom. And I'd say, you're right about that. That's why the intro was so brief. Because I, I've got to get ready for bed. And, and you know what else I've got to do? I've got to pack up a bunch of stuff for the weekend. Because I'm going to be stuck in a hotel room. Uh, if, if it does indeed snow slash ice over. And what's not great is that the hotel, they, they actually got us like a, a not a shithole. Well, sort of not a shithole. Um, but it's four miles away from where I'm going to be working. 
which, you know, four miles is, is still kind of a distance through the ice and the snow. Granted, it's better than driving home, but, uh, but, uh, there really just weren't any options because it's a shit part of town and nobody wants to be there. Nobody, nobody's going to pay to stay in that part of town, uh, if they have other options. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I've got to wrap this thing up. I've got to pack up the laptop, my voice recorder, uh, three, sets of clothes because I don't want to get caught out like I did last time when we didn't know in advance that it was going to ice over and I had to run to a Walmart and buy a bunch of new clothes uh, that I wasn't expecting to have to buy because I don't don't spend money on work clothes because I I have to wear very specific things at work that I do not wear in my normal everyday life Uh, so we're talking if I'm going to buy a pair of pants that junk's going to last me like a decade uh, that, that's just how I do. Like, I don't get rid of a work shirt until the armpit hole is big enough that I could accidentally stick my arm through it instead of the sleeve. Uh, but anyway, you guys don't need to hear about all that because you just listened to two hours of podcast. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. Stay safe, be happy, and remember, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.